Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Talk Recorded live. Good evening, everyone. This is Wednesday, August the 10th, 2016, and welcome to episode number 14 of the WCW Radio Network's look at, at your world of entertainment, news, music, sports, and more. This is WWUS Outside the Ropes. This is Mr. WWS Chad Hinshaw back on the line here with you. <clears throat> uh, of course, we will bring you all the latest entertainment headlines here, what's trending on Facebook, and of course, the speed with curses of our friends from 411 Mania. And bring and see what they have brought to us, brought to our attention. And of course, joining me to help call the, as they say in the wrestling world, call the action, <laughs> is of course the Iceman himself, JD Jared D. Geralmo. He is a 2015 WWS Hall of Famer, of course, part of Raw Radio and all of our other shows here in the radio network. JD, welcome to number 14 of as we as we take take a look at things outside the ropes. We do indeed, Howard. And there's a lot to talk about within the past week, so hold on to your seat. Absolutely, and Mike said if you would care to chime in on anything myself or J.D. has to talk about here tonight, uh, regardless of whatever topic it is, world of entertainment, like music, movies, sports, politics, pop culture, you name it, we'll talk about it. Please feel free to give us a call here at 1-724-444-7444. That call ID is 141-387-POUND, and press that 1 if you want to chime in to anything that myself or J.D. has to talk about here on Outside the Ropes, right here part of the radio network on TalkShoe. Dot com. Let's go ahead and dive right on in into it here, J.D., with uh, first story coming out from your friends, uh, uh, of course, posted on our Entertainment Cavalcade page, facebook.com, forward slash groups, forward slash WWUS Entertainment, <clears throat> and also coming uh, courtesy of, uh, of Larry Zonka from 411 Mania, of course, good friends of the Ice Band, J.D., Jerry Geralmo, right here uh, from our own radio network here. And let's go ahead and let me see if I can uh, pull this up here. Yes, and we have a new uh, Red Band teaser 
uh, courtesy of Larry Zonka for the, for the sequel to the movie Bad Santa. Of course, Bad Santa, a big time, uh, uh, hilarious, uh, uh, <clears throat> um, of course, came out uh, featuring Billy Bob Thornton, uh, Lauren Graham back in the day. It was a it was a humongous hit, and the sequel, of course, has been talked about. And of course, as we go ahead and read what we have here, here is a new Red Band teaser for Bad Santa 2. The film opens on November 23rd. So we're coming out here in the next couple of months. Stars Billy Bob Thornton, Kathy Bates, Tony Cox, Brett Kelly, Ryan Henderson, Jenny Zigrono, as as best I can pronounce it, Jeff Scrowan, and Christina Hendricks. And let me go and read that teaser. Fueled by cheap whiskey, greed, and hatred, Willie teams up once again with his angry, angry little sidekick, Marcus, to knock off a Chicago charity on Christmas Eve. Along for the ride is the kid, chubby and cheery Thurman Merman, a 250-pound ray of sunshine who brings out Willie's silver sliver of humanity. Mommy issues arise when the pair are drawn by Willie's horror story of a mother, Sunny Sookie, a super butch, super B-I-T-C-H, as I'll say. <laughs> Sonny raises the bar for the gang's ambitions while somehow lowering the standards of criminal behavior. Willie is further burdened by, by lessening after the curvaceous and prime Diane, the charity director with a heart of gold, and a libido of steel. <laughs> not 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 too shabby here. A bit, uh, and uh, let me uh, let me make sure that we have all of it right here. Yes, and that's what we have. Uh, JD, uh, looking forward to uh, the sequel to Bad Santa. Your take on this teaser? Well, I saw the Red Band trailer, and it's going to be a little raunchier this time. I feel than the first one. Obviously, the first one was raunchy and did pretty well back in the day, but now you got pretty much uh, a couple members of the cast back. Plus, you got now Kathy Bates his mother. I mean, who knows how vulgar crude it'll be? I mean, we know she's been in some. R-rated movies over the years, of course, some of them comedies, of course, and uh, she's also been in movies like About Schmidt, Misery, uh, among others, so uh, it's going to be interesting to see what they do this time, especially with the holiday season within, a, like I said, coming out around Thanksgiving, however, it's going to be very interesting to see if people will be wanting to uh, be, uh, let's just say, thankful and uh, wishing, let's just say, hoping that it'll be a very special Christmas uh, movie hit, let's just say. Absolutely. We'll definitely be watching out for that November 23rd, but we're looking out for Bad Santa 2. Uh, also, coming over courtesy of Jeremy Thomas here at 411mania.com, uh, he's got a list of the top eight movie dragons. Hmm. Interesting. Uh, and uh, let's, let's go ahead and run down and see... Uh, okay, let's get rid of that ad, so we, we don't want... And talking, want and talking about uh, dragons, how appropriate it's fitting that Pete's Dragon comes out this Friday. And and of course, uh, this is this is the first one they talk about. JD, this week Disney tosses another family-oriented film into a crowded landscape for that demographic in Pete's Dragon, the live-action remake of the 1977 Don Chaffee film, is looking to target a number two ranking with upwards of 30 million dollars. Currently, riding a wave of good reviews and hoping for a positive word of mouth as well. It almost goes without saying that dragons are among the most famous monsters of all time with roots in both the Eastern and Western world where they were often feared and admired all at the same time. Depicting them on screen has been difficult, though, until the rise of CGI visual effects, it was near impossible to portray them in their proper majesty. And even then, the characterizations often fall short. And then, of course, this week, 411 Mania right here is honoring the best big screen depictions of dragons to date. 
Uh, let's go ahead and see what we have listed here. Uh, uh, now, here's here's actually a list that just missed the cut, JD. And uh, I know we'll get, we'll get your take on it here in a few minutes before I run down all these others. Uh, just missing the cut is the dragon from the movie Shrek. Okay. Uh, the Hungarian Horntail from Harry Potter and the Goblet of Fire. Okay. Uh, Mushu from the Disney animated movie Mulan. Didn't make it. The male dragon from the movie Reign of Fire. I believe that Matthew McConaughey was in that movie. Yes. Uh, great, that was a great movie, by the way. And, surprisingly enough, we talked about this, J.D., from the original Pete's Dragon, Elliot. The original Elliot did not make the cut either. Hmm. Interesting. So let's go ahead and dive in and say, let's see who we have here. Um, here are the top eight movie dragons of all time, and we'll get your take on it here after I run down the whole list. Number eight was Toothless from How to Train Your Dragon. Number seven was King Ghidorah from the Godzilla films. Hmm, okay. Number six is Falcor from The NeverEnding Story. That was a great movie, uh, movie, by the way. Um, Number five was, uh, I'm trying to pronounce this, M-A-L-E-F-I-C-E-N-T. Malfeasant. Malfeasant, thank you. From the Disney, from the animated Disney version of Sleeping Beauty. Number four, Draco from Dragonheart, which I think Sean Connery provided the voice for that, if I'm not mistaken. I think he did too, Uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, or alongside uh, um, Dennis Quaid, right there. So it was, it was, it was real great. Uh, number three, Haku from the the Japanese animated Spirited Away. Hmm. Okay. Number two, Vermthrax Peorative from Dragon Slayer. Okay. And the number one was Smog from the Hobbit films. Even the smog here is a very vicious looking one too. So they did some they did some work on a lot of this. Um, you know, I find it kind of odd though that the, the original Elliot from the original Pete's Dragon did not make the cut. I mean, it was one of the most beloved ones to my understanding. But JD, your take on what on what uh, Four Love Mania considered the top eight movie dragons of all time? Some of them uh, surprised me to make the list. Smog, of course, it was a no-brainer, I think, after being uh, what happened in The Hobbit, even though I didn't watch any of The Hobbit films, definitely deserved the top spot. But uh, these Japanese ones, the Haku from Spirit Away kind of blew me away. Draco, of course, was a good one. It should have been number two, I feel. Malfeasant, uh, Sleeping Beauty was pretty good. Folklore, I didn't think he was a dragon originally, huh? And then you have uh, Toothless, which I never saw in Hound to Change Dragon. That's another film I have not had a chance to watch. King or Daya, I vaguely remember him in the Godzilla films. I mean, there's some that should have made the list. Like we said, the ones that missed the cut, like I said, uh, the Dragon from Shrek, uh, the Hungarian Horntail, of course, should have made it. Elliot, like you said, the original one. And the male dragon, of course, from Rain of Fire, Mushu from Mulan, should have been in the conversation. But some of these ones uh, I have heard of, some of them I have not heard of, how I had seen and it amazes me that they uh, actually qualified on the list. So absolutely, absolutely. It's kind of surprising, but uh, but of course, nonetheless, I mean, they. I'm sure they went through all this with a. You would have figured even a one from uh, a Harry Potter film would have made the top eight. Yeah, uh, did not. So that's really shocking. Harry Potter is one of the biggest uh, film franchises out there. So that's uh, unbelievable. Well, let's go ahead and dive on into also to another big time thing here on outside the ropes. Our box office report. Also, courtesy, we have to also hand it to 
Uh, let me see who do we have. Yes, Jeremy Thomas. Uh, starting to be a real big friend of us here in the radio network here from 4LittleMedia.com. And, of course, J.D. is a big fan there. So, J.D., you can pass along my well wishes to this young man. Yes. Uh, because he's uh, he's a great one of the great ones at 4LittleMedia. All of them are great, but he's one of the best. So, there you go. Uh, and, of course, uh, the box office reports, Suicide Squad destroys the August record for the number one spot. And let's go ahead and read down and see what we say after right here. You can't keep a good team of psychopaths and killers down. Suicide Squad blasted its way to the top of the box office this weekend with ease, dominating the competition with an impressive $135.1 million start. Holy cow. That opening is the new record for an August start by far, obliterating the previous record of $94.3 million set by Guardians of the Galaxy in 2014. It's also just on the high end of where most analysts Expected it to do. The film's opening weekend prospects have been predicted from anywhere, between, anywhere from 125 to 140 million. It is also the third highest opening of the year, behind Captain America: Civil War, 179.1 million, and Batman vs Superman: Dawn of Justice, which was 166 million. There's a lot to get into. Suicide Squad, of course, we'll go ahead and dive right on in. The anti-hero team film is the latest in the DC Extended Universe, and the second attempt to build some real excitement for DC films, big screen adaptations of its iconic comic book brand this year, following the relative disappointment that was Dawn of Justice. I thought it was okay. I mean, I thought it was okay. Well, we have an update now, believe it earned another $13 million on Monday, and according to reports on Tuesday in SuperheroHype.com, it pulled another $14.2 million yesterday. So far, Box Office Mojo is reporting now it has made $146 million domestically and $133.3 million domestically for a worldwide total of $280 million. My goodness. So I'll have to update that here when I start running down the rest of the list here. Thank you very much here, J.D. While that film was financially successful, it wasn't a hit with critics or audiences. And after the big opening, it fell heavily week after week. That put a lot of pressure on Warner Brothers in D.C. and led to shakeup that saw D.C. Entertainment President and Chief Creative Officer Jeff Johns be put in charge of D.C. films alongside John Byrd. Suicide Squad is the first film to release since that shakeup, although it must be noted that the film was already well done with principal photography at that time and even the widely reported reshoots had been completed. After filming, of course, is when the marketing takes over and Warner Bros. went all out with a great marketing campaign to promote, to promote the film. The movie dominated film talk on social media all the way up to the release and still is by virtue of trailers highlighting the film's humor. Stories of bizarre on-set behavior from Jared Leto and others in strong promotion via the various online channels. That helped the film overcome some tough reviews by critics. Rotten Tomatoes has the movie at 26% compared to Dawn of Justice's 27%, with many critics taking aim at the editing and villain in uh, Cara DeLevingne's, DeLevingne's Enchantress. Mm, okay. It wasn't enough to keep fans away, though, and the film even managed to top Deadpool's impressive 132.4 million start in February. Hmm. Very interesting. Of course, Dawn of Justice opened strong, too, but quickly petered out with a final domestic gross of $330.4 million, a terrible final multiple of just $1.99. Will Squad do the same? It's possible, although rather unlikely. The most obvious reason is that fans are given a better word of mouth than Batman vs. Superman. Where that film had a more lackluster B cinema score, Squad came in at a B plus, and a high B plus at that. Key demographics that helped spread the word of mouth gave the film the, the under 35 crowd gave the film an A minus, as did women. 
The under-18 demographic went even higher with an A, which should help the movie's legs. In addition, Donald Justice opened at the end of March after most spring break vacations were over. Suicide Squad doesn't have to worry about school getting in the way of younger audiences going to see it. Okay, man, that's true, too. Uh, with those factored in, there's little chance of Suicide Squad mirror, mirroring Batman vs. Superman's 69% second-week drop. While box office legs haven't been a staple of big blockbusters this year, Captain America Civil War had a multiple of just 2.27, and Deadpool legged out at 2.74. Suicide Squad should be able to take advantage of less competition at the box office and the summer heat for at least $340 million domestically by the end of its run. The film was off to a good start overseas, too, with an additional $132 million in 66 markets for a $267.1 million worldwide first weekend. One thing against its favor is the fact that it is reportedly, un, reportedly unlikely to open in China due to Enchantress's supernatural elements, but Donald Justice didn't make that much of a splash there with only $95.8 million of its total coming from the country. Suicide Squad's budget was $175 million, quite a bit less than Batman vs. Superman and Civil War's $250 million price tags, and it should have any problem making its way to profitability. DC's gain was Universal's loss as Jason Bourne plummeted against the comic book film. The fifth film of the Bourne franchise brought in, brought in $22.7 million, down a rough 62%. That's the highest second weekend drop in the franchise to date. I had a Bourne Ultimatum's 53% drop and the Damon Less Bourne Legacy's 55% fall. The film now has $103.4 million domestically and $195.3 million worldwide. It still has big markets left to go through, including China at the end of the month. It should finish around with around $150 million to $160 million domestically, but will have little problem finding a profit thanks to overseas tallies against its $120 million budget. R-rated comedy Bad Moms held okay in the second weekend, sticking at number three with $14.2 million. That's a 40% hold, which is better than most of its comparison picks like Neighbors at 49%. Neighbors 2, Sorority Rising, 57%. How to Be Single, 54%. And Spy, 46%. It's not going to lag out like Bridesmaids, which had an incredible series of holes, but it's sitting strong at 51.1 million domestically and 56.6 million worldwide thus far. It should be able to make it to 70 to 75 million domestically and will easily be STX Entertainment's biggest moneymaker to date. The budget was only $20 million. The second. The Secret Life of Pets, excuse me, was steadily steady at number four in its fifth weekend with 11.6 million, down just 39 percent. The animated film now has 319.6 million domestically and 502.2 million worldwide. Holy freaking cow! At this point, the film is still on par for about 350 million as the final domestic take. The budget was only 75 million. Star Trek Beyond continued to fade away, down 59% in three spots to number five in its third weekend. The sci-fi action blockbuster brought in $10.2 million is now up to $127.9 million, million domestically and $194 million worldwide on a $185 million budget. The international grosses need to continue to improve, and it's not likely to get above $150 million domestically, and the $185 million budget will be prohibitive. Hmm. Okay, Nine Lives was dead on arrival. Oh, boy, that's a good pun. 
Uh, opened flatly at number six with just $6.5 million. That's about where most people expected this dud to finish. The Eurocorp comedy starring Kevin Spacey as a businessman who finds himself trapped in the body of a cat named Mr. Fuzzy Pants. As you might expect, reviews were brutal at 4% on Rotten Tomatoes, one of the worst of the year. Granted, those audience members who did see it liked it with a B-plus cinema score, so it might have, it, it might have a bit of legs, but don't expect it to stay in the top ten for long, especially with new family film competition opening next weekend. The film had a $30 million budget that it will not make back. Oh, okay. Lights Out continued to do decent business with $6 million, down 44% from last weekend. The horror film now has 54.7 million domestically and 85.7 million worldwide, with overseas numbers looking quite strong. It should finish around 65 million to 70 million domestically, and is a huge hit with on a 4.9 million dollar budget. Social media thriller Nerve was down 48 percent in the second weekend, finishing with 4.9 million. The Emma Roberts Day Franco film was hoping for a stronger hold, considering the good audience reactions and word of mouth, but it is. But it, but it, it too got buried by Suicide Squad. The movie now has 26.9 million domestically and 27.7 million worldwide in just a few markets. It should be in good shape if with a final domestic total of around 35 million, and foreign versus pushing it into the black base on a 20 million dollar budget. Ghostbusters was down to number nine in its fourth weekend with 4.8 million bringing its total to $116.7 million domestically and $179.5 million worldwide. Hopes for a profit margin are fading here quickly. It will total around $130 million domestically, and even though the overseas total is still waiting for some big markets, the $144 million budget is too much for it at this point. Ice Age Collision Course sunk like a rock again, down a rough 60% in its third weekend, to 4.3 million. The animated film is now 53.5 million domestically and 288.2 million worldwide. It's not a money loser, but it's no success for Fox either. The film will finish with around 60 million dollars domestically, and the overseas grosses are the only thing saving it from its 105 million dollar budget. The total weekend take JD was 228.3 million, up a big 73 percent from last year's 131.9 million total. Last year's total was about Mission Impossible Rogue Nations, second weekend of $28.7 million, and Fantastic Four's floppy $25.0 million start. Next week, Suicide Squad will reign supreme again with the new competition consisting of Pete's Dragon for Families, targeting around $30 million, Sausage Party, making it a rare, making a rare animated play for the already comedy crowd, likely for about $20 to $25 million, and Meryl Streep's Florence Foster Jenkins, is looking to bring in $8 million among older audiences. A small note here, numbers include Sunday estimates and our three-day estimates. A studio recruits 55% of the film's grosses on average, meaning it needs to approximately double its budget to be profitable during this theatrical run. And uh, I think you gave me an update on Suicide Squad, but I was going to read what we have right here. And you can update us here once one more time there, JD, on that. So hold on one second. And it's second. funny you mentioned real quick though, uh, real quick though. I'm uh, looking at last week's reading before this weekend. I mean, Florence Foster Jenkins actually based on a true story, and uh, Meryl Streep, of course, has done some true great movies over the years, like Out of Africa, The Deer Hunter, and so on. And now the guy from The Big Bang Theory is supposed to be in it, and I believe, 
Uh, Colin Firth is supposed to be in it, but looking at the week before, you had Ice Age took in 10, 11 million, however. You had The Secret Life of Pets, 19 million, however. Bad Moms, of course, made its debut, however, two weekends ago, doing pretty well. 23 and a half, almost 24 million. Then 25 million with Star Trek, and of course, last week, uh, before this week's Suicide Squad, Jason Borms in the top spot at 59 million, almost 60 million. Absolutely. And, and then, like I said, here's the numbers right here one more time. Suicide Squad. Made one hundred thirty-five point one million for its first run, and of course that's what it's got so far. Jason Bourne did twenty-two point seven million for a total now so far one hundred three point four million. <clears throat> Bad Moms did fourteen point two million with a total of now fifty-one point one. Secret Life of Pets did eleven point six million for so far a total of three hundred nineteen point six million. Wow. Number five, Star Trek Beyond did an additional ten point two million. To add on to 127.9, uh, Nine Lives did 6.5. Of course, so far that's what it has right now, 6.5. Lights Out did an additional 6 million. The Attack On for a total now 54.7 million. Nerve did 4.9 million for a total of 26.9. Ghostbusters at number nine for, with 4.8 million. Tacking on to four totals so far, 116.7 million. And Ice Age Collision, collision Course in an additional 4.3 million to add on for a total of 53.5 million total. So, JD, box office numbers up and down here. What you're take here, please? It has been crazy. I mean, when you think about some of the movies coming out, and of course, coming out at the end of the summer, going into the fall, you're going to have a lot of other big movies coming out. Some comedy, some very serious. Of course, I mentioned a few weeks ago uh, one of the movies I did see the trailer for. And if you have not seen the trailer, people, you definitely owe it to yourself to check it out. Uh, Warner Brothers and Clint Eastwood are teaming up yet again. Uh, this time, no, it's not Dirty Harry, but it is based on the life of Captain Sully Sullenberger, the captain who, of course, risked his own life and many lives in saving the passengers of the Miracle on the Hudson, as they called it. And uh, Tom Hanks is in this role. And I'll tell you what, Tom Hanks has been in some great comedies and some great dramas over the years. I mean, Captain Phillips is one of them, uh, The Money Pit, The Burbs, and so on. But if Tom does not get an Oscar and Eastwood does not get nominated for another Oscar here, shame on the Academy, because I think both of these guys could be up for a big award. I think this is going to be a, one of the few big hits to watch out going into the fall. I mean, I mean I'm looking forward to seeing it myself personally. And uh, this week, like we said, I mean, there's some good ones this week. Obviously, the Sausage Party movie, I mean, it looks a little anime and hokey at best, but at the same time, it does look kind of cheesy funny. Uh, Pete's Dragon might be a good hit with some people. I think it's going to go past 30 million. I think it might be in the 35, 40 million range. But Suicide Squad, I mean, whether you're a comic book fan or not, it just seems like comic book movies the last couple of years. I mean, Deadpool coming out earlier this year, big hit. I still haven't seen it yet. I've been wanting to see it, and I hear it's excellent. I mean, Suicide Squad, I've heard some good reviews, and I've heard mixed reviews, but they continue to just blow the roof off of the theaters. And uh, it's just, it's been crazy. It really has. Absolutely. And before, ladies and gentlemen, we get into, of course, our trending on Facebook, I will, I will do our, our take, I'll take care of this, and then JD will give you his, some of his stories that he has on the table on his on his side of, the, of his side of the world. <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> well, let's, 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 let's take care of this. One seven two four 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 seventy four forty four. Call ID one four one three eight seven pound. This is episode number fourteen of WWS Outside the Ropes, their entertainment review show. This is Mr. WWS, Chad Hinshaw, back on the line here with you. Uh, of course, bringing you all the entertainment news of the day. Of course, joining me to help me cover all that. It's, of course, the Iceman himself, J.D., Jared D. Jerome, of course, the 2015 
WWS Hall of Famer, as well as, of course, part of Raw Radio and all of our other shows here in the radio network on TalkShoe.com. And like I said, ladies and gentlemen, before I go into the, the trending what's on Facebook, J.D. has two or three stories on his table as well. Let's go and see what he has on the table tonight. J.D., please proceed. Well, first off, some baseball news, of course. Earlier today, Prince Fielder, the son of legendary baseball player Cecil Fielder, uh, who unfortunately, however, uh, has said goodbye to baseball. Earlier today, he was very emotional at a press conference there in Texas, however, fighting off tears while thanking his teammates and coaches throughout his career and formed a mic drop for walking with this show to a round of applause, of course. Fielder, uh, a very respected ball player, I would have to say, very unique, however. I mean, he was definitely pretty good in his day, however, but I guess injuries finally caught up with him, and it was tough to say goodbye, and we wish him nothing but the best in his retirement. Of course, earlier this week, we heard the news, of course, on Sunday morning in New York that Alex Rodriguez, A-Rod, if you will, whether you call him A-Frog usually, but uh, whether you don't like him or not, however, he will go down as one of the greatest baseball players of all time, however, one of the top five, if not one of the top 15 hitters of all time, of course. Uh, last night, in fact, in Fenway, people were chanting in Boston, bring out A-Rod, bring out A-Rod. Well, Friday night in New York, however, you will get a chance to see him one more time, however, uh, for the baseball public before he decides to hang up his glove, if you will, and he will no longer be playing, let's just say. But he will be in a coaching capacity, as I believe he'll be an instructor or something like that. One of the coaches or instructor for the team, that contract runs up until December 31st, 2017, into early 2018. But after 20-plus years of playing the game since he was 18 years old, the great Alex Rodriguez no longer uh, – going to be on the diamond, let's just say, for you baseball fans. I mean, he's had a rough year, batting 200. I think he's had five or six homers, 15, 20 RBIs. He's had a really somewhat lackluster year, to use the term Lucy. In the last few years, I think he's been kind of slowing down more and more. Uh, injuries have caught up with him, too. But uh, whether you like the man, whether you don't like the man, it doesn't really matter. I mean, I respect the man. However, as I mentioned earlier in a post last week on Facebook, I mean, he will go down as one of the greatest, if not the best, one of the top ten Ball players of all time up there with Derek Jeter. Uh, we got some Olympic news to report for you there over in Rio. Earlier today, the women beat Serbia 110-84. Uh, congratulations to the ladies. They continue to do well. And speaking of congratulations, however, a couple other things we're going to talk about. Last night, uh, I don't know where you people were, whether you were on your TV or watching or hearing this this morning, however. Michael Phelps, I mean, talk about an amazing achievement that the U.S. swim team, men and women, and also the gymnastic team did in Rio last night. What a night they performed in Rio. I mean, Michael Phelps, I believe, is going for another medal tonight. Uh, that um, Katie, I forget her, I, I just, I know her last name, it's hard to say, but she's, a, she's, she's 19. I think you guys all know who I'm talking about, however. What a night she had. I mean, the whole USA shining so brightly in Rio, however, and last night, the men and women's swim team, the gymnastics team, all on their game last night. Just an incredible night to be a fan on the tube, however. If you were watching it last night, however, I mean, you, we'd like to hear your thoughts, but I only saw the highlights, and I'll tell you what, from what I saw, it was just amazing. It was absolutely amazing. And uh, speaking of USA, they are playing right now with the men in basketball. And right now they were trailing at one point, believe it or not, by five at halftime against the Australians tonight. Uh, last we saw, it is right now tied up late in the third period. We will hopefully get an update before we go off the air here tonight. If not, we'll let you know on the wrestling debate here what happened tonight in the final. But right now it is 67 all with a minute and a half to go in the third quarter. And uh, one final note, um, this one is really tough to talk about. And uh, 
if you can tell by the tone of my voice, I am a little emotional too. Um, one of my favorite people, John Saunders. Uh, this is a guy who, for, when I started watching sports at 10 years old on ESPN back in the day when Chris Berman, Tom J- uh, Tom Meese, Bob Lee, uh, Charlie Steiner, uh, Jack Edwards, the whole spiel, you know? Anyway, earlier today, I found out when I was at lunch at about 12 o'clock this afternoon, uh, thanks to my friends at Portland Mania who talked about it, and then I posted later in the Facebook post on my Facebook page, and I later took it down. But uh, I heard the news, and I'm sure all of you have heard the news too. Uh, John Saunders, who could light up a room. I mean, the guy used to call basketball, baseball, football, hockey. Uh, he was a leader of the Jimmy Valvano Cancer Crusade after his longtime uh, colleague at ESPN uh, passed away of cancer, referring to Jim Valvano. Um, he was also a host of the ESPN Sunday morning show, The Sports Reporters. Well, earlier today, that voice was suddenly silenced too soon at age 61. I mean, it was a year ago we lost Stuart Scott, and I was a wreck then. I remember I was very much a wreck that day when I heard the news. I mean, I couldn't even speak. This too was also one of my favorites. And now to hear John Saunders gone, uh, it's hard. I mean, I'm not trying to keep it together here, but. This guy was just an idol of mine. I mean, this guy was so witty, so funny. He could broadcast the game, and whether you liked him or not, it didn't really matter. I was always a fan of his. I mean, he could bring more action to a game when it came to basketball, especially basketball. That was his sport. And he did pretty well with football and baseball, too. Don't get me wrong. But when it came to basketball, you felt you were sitting next to him or near him on the court or in the stands and just listening to that voice. And now that voice has suddenly been taken away from us too soon. And so for the second time in two years, ESPN, as well as the sports world, and pretty much the entire athletic world has lost a great man way too soon. To that, I say the same thing I said when I heard about Stuart Scott's passing last year. My prayers are with Saunders' family and kids, his friends, and his work colleagues. I know some people worked with him a long time, like Chris Berman, like Bob Lee, and others like who have gone to know him only in a short amount of time. But those who grew up with him or listened to him know that there will never be a voice like his again. And it hurts talking about it now, but I know somewhere now he's got his two good friends up there and many other people watching over him. But I don't think we won't forget him anytime soon. I know I won't. No. No true words have ever been spoken. Uh, of course, like this, uh, of course, very, very sad. We lost another great, uh, of course, man in the world of sports commentating. Of course, no one really told it better. Uh, <clears throat> and uh, JD could not. JD has said it best. Uh, of course, like we lost uh, a great, uh, a great man and a great, uh, like I said, a sports commentator and. Uh, um, you know, of course, been been in the business with ESPN for almost 30 years, and uh, for what I read, and very very sad. Now you no longer see that face or hear that voice calling any of the of the sports of today, except possibly now up in heaven. So uh, we here at the radio network, which is also sent our condolences to the family of Mr. John Saunders. Thank you very much, sir, for bringing 
all bringing bring this to the world of sports in any in any way, shape, or form, regardless of whatever sport it was, it made no difference. You brought us, like I said, you brought us, you kept us informed. You brought everything to the table, and for that, we are always in debt to you. Thank you, sir, for the memories. Thank you for the voice, <clears throat> and thank you for thank you for for being who you were. We greatly do appreciate it, and our condolences go out to your family today on behalf of the WWS Radio Network. <clears throat> and we will now switch, ladies and gentlemen. We're going to go in a little bit over time here on Outside the Ropes here. Give J.D. a chance to he's – a, he's a trooper here, so, so give him a couple minutes there. He's a he's, – he, I'm good. He, uh, I'm good. I'm fine. Like I said, I'm just keeping an eye on the basketball game, and we have an update now. It is early in the fourth quarter. The U.S. – Hanging on by a thread, by a simple thread, folks. Seventy to sixty-seven. My goodness, my so we, great. I mean, they, they, we knew it was going to be a good game. We never thought it was going to be a walk in the park. But you, Australians are not going down. In fact, I think they were going into this game a hundred to one shot to beat the U.S. So we're definitely have to keep an eye on this side game very, very carefully. Absolutely, definitely. As I said, JD, we'll keep everyone up to date with everything going on here with the Olympics in Rio here. Or as I say here in the radio network. Now let's see what's trending here on Facebook. Kind of some interesting stuff here, and I think you might find a lot of this interesting, JD. Uh, let me go ahead and throw it out here. See what we have <clears throat> uh, coming from the BBC. Uh, I'm sure you remember the old British comedy, "Are You Being Served?" Uh, the first cast of photo of the British sitcom re- remake is revealed, and I'm sure you probably might not know who half these people are, but I'm just going to go ahead and read, read what we have. Uh, Sherry Houston will play the role of Mrs. S- uh, Slocum. I, mean, I remember this show. They show it on public television about it all the time, the old episodes of it. Uh, Roy Barraclough is cast as Mr. Granger, and John Chalice will play uh, Mr. Peacock, according to BBC. The one-off revival is set to air in September. So next month, uh, be, be ready to see uh, uh, a remake of the classic British comedy, Are You Being Served? Um Coming out of Clovis, New Mexico here. A mother and son face up to 18 months in prison for incestuous relationship, according to reports. Ew. Mama, yeah, let me, let me let me read it. Yeah, let me, I, I, This is just a small thing. We're just doing some small stories here. Monica Mayers, who is 36, and Caleb Peterson, who is 19, told the Daily Mail they want to raise awareness for genetic sexual attraction in relation, sexual attraction relationships. Ew. Peterson and his biological mother face trial in September. Oh, boy. Yeah. Uh, of course, coming uh, talking about the latest Transformers movie, The Last Night, new Autobot images released for upcoming action film. The collection of images shows Autobots that will appear in the upcoming film, including, I remember some of these uh, Autobots, including Hot Rod, I remember Hot Rod, uh, Drift, Crosshairs, and Squeaks. The action film is set to open in theaters on June 23rd of next year. Now, Hot Rod, ladies and gentlemen, if you don't remember, in the animated Transformers movie that came out in 1986, Hot Rod was voiced by Judd Nelson, and he was the one that eventually became the leader of the Autobots by taking the Matrix from Optimus Prime and becoming Rodimus Prime. Yeah, I don't remember that. I do. I'm a Transformers nut. Okay, I love Transformers. I love the old Transformers. <laughs> And J.D. mentioned something about Michael Phelps a few moments ago. Video appears to show U.S. swimmer Michael Phelps glaring at Chad LeClose during the Olympics. You know that's been trending since this morning? 
Everyone's been joking about that. That was actually kind of funny when he did it, but everyone thought it was, like, real serious, though. I mean, I thought it was kind of amusing myself, but I was like, what is he doing? I mean, what's this all about? Right. Monday's video before the 200-meter butterfly semifinal race appears to show Phelps' expression while South Africans look close, who narrowly defeated him in the 2012 London Olympics dances. Okay. Now, so apparently that's what it is. Uh, so I'm sure he's looking at it because he defeated him uh, four years ago. But yeah, that's that's probably so. And that actually, we're not that that video courtesy of BuzzFeed News JD has almost one million views already. Almost, not quite, but almost. Uh, Seth Rogen is in the news here. Actor discusses feud with actress Catherine Heigl over comments about the 2007 movie Knocked Up. And here's what Seth Rogen said, told, told this to Howard Stern. He says, I thought we had a great dynamic. I heard afterwards that she didn't like it. That seemed to did not like the process, and she didn't like the end product either. That was a pretty decent movie. I mean, I don't know there was anything wrong with that. But, but apparently there was some, some feud going on between both the stars that went over that over how that came out. Now, you're going to find this funny, J.D., I'm... Take it with what you will. This is coming out of Vice Land right here. The f- former NBA player, of course, the bad boy here, Dennis Rodman. Oh, I did hear about this, yes. We, called, we, we knew him as the worm in wrestling, of course, in WCW. Worm being Says the keyword, he, people. Worm being yes. the keyword. Yes, exactly. Says he broke his penis three times. How's that possible? In a video for the Vice Land show Party Legends, Rob, Rodman describes three times in which he injured his penis, including an instance in which he saw blood everywhere, in quotation marks. Uh, and there's a picture of him, an animated Rodman, with what looks like an eggplant over where his penis should be. Oh, oh just Okay, this is what you're talking about that coming out of CNN. Like you were telling me about this earlier, J.D., uh, coming from the Trump Tower. Man apprehended by New York Police Department after climbing a New York City building using suction cups. New York City Police Department emergency services officers pulled the man into the building after he climbed the skyscraper in midtown Manhattan Wednesday afternoon. It was unclear why he scaled the building. Obviously, it has something to do with Donald Trump. It was the Trump Tower. I mean, that's, that's got to be a reason. Yeah, that was, the, that was the other big story that was going on within the last few hours. The guy scaling the Trump Tower, finally they cuffed him and arrested him. And CNN, believe it or not, this story has gotten over 5 million views already. Uh, unbelievable. Uh, now, about, also back to a little bit of Olympic news here, Gabby Douglas, a U.S. gymnast, she responds to uh, criticism for not placing hand over her heart during the national anthem. Douglas tweeted an apology, added that she, was all, that, she, that she always stands at attention for the national anthem out of respect for our country, and was overwhelmed by her team winning its second gold medal on Tuesday. So that was probably the reason why that happened, I believe. Uh, Barry Jenner, who was known for a role in Star Trek D, on Star Trek Deep Space Nine back in the day, has passed away at the age of 75. The actor died Monday in Los Angeles from acute myeloid leukemia, according to The Hollywood Reporter. Jenner played the role of Admiral William Ross on Star Trek Deep Space Nine. I know who that, I know, I know what character that was. He, 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 yeah, he was, yeah, I don't know if you ever saw DS9 or not. JD, but I knew this was like in the later episodes of DS9 when they were fighting the the aliens known as the, the Dominion. So yeah, 
I'll have to find out. I know who that. I know who that character is. Okay. And of course, a little bit of wrestling here into our thing on uh, outside the ropes. Of course, we talked about this courtesy of Monday Night Raw. Uh, uh, WWE wrestler Lana gets knocked into a wedding cake in the ring during the episode of Monday Night Raw. Lana and Rusev were in the ring celebrating their recent marriage on the episode when Roman Reigns interrupted to insult Lana. He and Rusev fought, and Lana was knocked into the cake during the brawl. This this has got over one million views already, JD, since Monday. So, <laughs> so uh, let me see. Guess uh, Lana likes cake. <laughs> yeah, uh, let me see. Yeah, there you go. So. Um, one little story here uh, coming from a politics side here. Got thrown out there a couple right fast before we go. Uh, coming from actor Martin Sheen says Donald Trump and his his words JD is an empty-headed moron. He has absolutely nothing to offer us. There's no chance he's going to win. None, absolutely none. And Sheen said this in an interview with the Hollywood Reporter. Uh, let me see here. Uh, let me. Okay. Uh, hmm. Okay, let me fair go to see. I'm just trying. I'm just looking through a couple of interesting ones. I think everyone would love to hear. Uh, of course, talking about the iPhone here, next generation of Apple smartphone set to be unveiled at an upcoming event. According to Apple, Apple expected to use a September 7th event to announce the iPhone 7. According to Mark Gurman of Bloomberg, among the rumored features of the new phone is a larger camera lens for improved photos. So hey, if you want if you want to go get one, JD, uh, be looking out for that there. So be, be prepared to pay some money too. I'm sure. <laughs> uh, uh, let's see. Um, we talked about most of this. Okay. Uh, uh, LSU running back Leonard Fournette. There's a film fight between him and a teammate. It said it was a game, according to the school. An LSU spokesman told TMZ that the video shows Fournette and lineman. Garrett Brumfield playing a game where they basically have to touch the other person twice. Okay. Take that with what you will. All right. Uh, NBA 2K17, video game coming out, releases a trailer featuring current Olympic team and, get this, J.D., the 1992 Dream Team. The trailer matches up the current 2016 Olympic squad with the 1992 Dream Team that featured Michael Jordan, Magic Johnson and Larry Bird. The Dream Team is available, of course, with a pre-order. Of course, obviously, with the special stuff, you have to pre-order it, I guess. Uh, uh, Los Angeles Rams head coach Jeff Fisher cuts a player for bringing woman to the training camp. Yes, dorm. I heard that this afternoon. On <laughs> this is legit. This is no joke. Jeff Fisher was irate about this. He went on a tirade about this on one of the L.A. sports stations, I think it was this morning. He was HBO. livid about this. A scene from HBO's documentary series Hard Knock shows Fisher releasing wide receiver Dion Long after Long broke team rules by bringing that visitor back to his room. Okay. Uh, Prince Fielder, designated hitter for the Rangers, said baseball career is over due to neck injuries. In a press conference on Wednesday, a tearful Fielder said doctors instructed him to give up baseball because of a pair of spinal contusions in his neck. He hit 319 home runs in 12 Major League Baseball seasons. That's a darn. That is pity. That's a darn shame. Uh, uh, of course, back to the Olympics here. Talking about Argentina, national soccer team knocked out of the Olympic tournament in group stage. 
Argentina finished third in Group D following a 1-1 draw with Honduras on Wednesday. This is the first time the Argentines have not advanced to the knockout stage since 1964. Wow. Since Tokyo. Absolutely. Uh, And Sam Punk is in the news. If you didn't even read about this trailer release for a documentary about MMA fighter and a former pro wrestler, Sam Punk, the trailer for the evolution of Punk follows the former WWE champion transition from pro wrestling to mixed martial arts. The film is scheduled to air on Monday. Excuse me for just one second. Jimmy, can you carry the plug? I'll be right back. I'm still here. And while we are having technical difficulties, uh, we want to remind you, coming up here at 8 o'clock Eastern Standard Time here tonight, uh, it'll be the wrestling debate with the Black Widow, Michelle Lynn Dodds, the Iceman, Joe DJ Olimo, and of course, the phenomenal one, Gerard T. Smith. The call ID number is 139925-POUND, and then of course, we'll be back on with Revolution at 9 o'clock, 138055-POUND. And uh, thank you. For, oh, oh, thank you, JD. Of course. Uh, on that note, ladies and gentlemen, uh, some interesting stuff going on over here, uh, JD. I, I, I got to tell you, it's uh, we uh, a lot of this. You know, we have to be. Uh, we have to. We have to be. Uh, <clears throat> um, we have to be well, be prepared for a lot of this that's taking place of it. Uh, uh, one quick note in the entertainment world: uh, if you remember the movie Hook, starring the late Robin Williams. Yes. Production company releases photos of reunited of the reunited who played the Lost Boys for the movie's 25th anniversary. Hmm. So we'll have to definitely have to watch out for that as well. On that note, ladies and gentlemen, uh, JD, uh, and, uh, do you have anything to uh, to add? No, like I said, uh, just real quick an update on the U.S. game. Obviously, it's down to the, it's coming down to the wire now here in the next three minutes. Uh, the U.S. now up by eight. Hopefully, they can hang on, but. Like I said earlier, however, uh, I think overall we had a pretty good show tonight. Like I said, it, again, I am sorry, people, for the way I was speaking earlier and how I felt earlier. I just still overcome by this shock. I think we're still in shock of the uh, surprising, one of the biggest surprising news sports items of the day. Just I think a lot of people remember what happened last year when they heard the news about Stuart Scott. And like I said, I mean. Our prayers are with uh, John Saunders' family, as we said, and we'll keep on saying, at least for the next few days. But uh, if you never had a chance to listen to these two icons, uh, shame on you. Like I said, you can always go back and listen and see highlights, but I've had a chance to watch them many times over the years. And our hearts are, like I said, our hearts are prayers with them tonight and his family. Absolutely. On that note, ladies and gentlemen, we leave with that. Of course, uh, there's a WWS outside of the ropes. Call uh, call ID one four one three eight seven pound. Phone number is always one seven two four 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 seventy four forty four. Please join us here in a few moments, as the Iceman will will be on for WWS wrestling debate, and it'll be a great topic of, of choice here tonight. Uh, and then, of course, at nine o'clock, I'll, I'll I will return with JD, and of course, we we'll hope we have a, a few more folks here coming in for Mothership broadcast WWS Revolution uh, number two hundred and one. Uh, so please join us for that as well. On that note, ladies and gentlemen, we thank you for joining us here for Outside the Ropes. <clears throat> and this has been a broadcast of the WWS Radio Network for one, one, one year older and continuing to be bolder. Uh, Radio Network continues to be your wrestling and entertainment connection. J.D., we will talk at you here later for Revolution. Uh, have a good wrestling debate. Uh, take care. See you in the ring and on the red carpet. And God bless everybody. Thank you very much. 
With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.